Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. Hallelujah. The Word of God, I'll tell you what, you can build your life on it. Have I ever told you that before? You can build your, it's solid. You know, and things around us will change, you know, come and go, and trends come and go. I mean, you got skinny ties, you got wide ties. I'm still upset that I threw away all my skinny ties that I don't wear anymore anyway. But, uh, but you know, they come and go, but I'll tell you, the Word of God is stable. It'll work in any time. It'll work in any place. I mean, that's how you can tell things are real, you know, because this, this gospel, this Word of God, this gospel, it works all over the world. In every city, in every country, I'm telling you what, team, we're going down to Haiti. This stuff works in Haiti. Amen. I've seen it work. You know, we've gone to Europe before. It works in Europe. People will tell you, oh, you just don't know the people here. You know, every town has the worst devils in it. You know that? When you come to a town and you start a church, they'll, people will come and tell you. They'll say, oh, you don't know what this town is like. There are devils here you've never encountered. I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're all under the name of Jesus. When you speak the name of Jesus, I'm telling you what, I don't care what language that devil speaks, it's got to bow. I'm telling you what, whatever country you're in, this word will work. Faith will work in every country. Healing will work in every country. Salvation works in every country. This is all free. It's not in my notes, okay? Just had to tell you this because it's the truth. Glory to God. Well, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad I'm here today. I'm glad that by the time we get out, it's going to be in the 20s. Glory to God, yeah. Loving this winter, yeah. (laughs) Who needs to go to Florida? Yeah. We got it here in Wisconsin. Yeah. Glory to God. 1 John 5, 4, if you have your Bibles or... Hallelujah, if you want to turn there, 1 John 5, 4, we've been on a series talking about principles of victory. Say, I didn't even know there were any principles of victory. Well, keep coming. You know, get a few of the tapes. If you ever miss a service, you know, we do have CDs available, but you can always go online or go to iTunes, and it's all free. How many like free? I, I, I think free is the will of God, you know, Hallelujah. But you can uh, subscribe on iTunes and load it into your little library every week if you want. Shoo-be-doo-be. Yeah. What's going on with you, young lady? (laughs) Is there something you'd like to say? (laughs) I only pick on my wife. Come on. Yeah. You wouldn't believe how much trouble I can get in on a Sunday morning. <laughs> she still loves me. Still loves me. It's good. It's a great thing. So 1 John 5 and 4 says, Whatsoever is born... Say whatsoever with me. Whatsoever. I just love John that he put in whatsoever. He didn't even say whosoever. It means whatsoever. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith is amazing. Like I was saying, man, faith, you know, it'll work anywhere in any situation. Woohoo! Wow, yeah. Faith will work. Faith will work on anything that you're facing today. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care, you know, if you flunked out of the third grade and live under a bridge. Faith will work for you. Faith, the principles of God's word, the principles of faith, they'll work. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians 4.13. I want to read this to you. Hallelujah. And just, just a, a nugget about faith is this, is that faith, for faith to work, it, it, it is released through your mouth. Faith works when it's released through your mouth. There's really no such thing is silent faith. Faith, for it to work and for it to be effective, it has to be released through your mouth. Well, brother, I got faith in my heart. Well, that's good, and I don't doubt that. But for it to work, the faith that's in your heart has to be released through your mouth. Hallelujah. I got Coke in my fridge, but for that Coke to do any good... And I don't even drink Coke much anymore, but special occasions. For it to work, though, I've got to open it up and drink it. Glory to God. I had a Bible by my, on my TV for years. It wasn't even saved. You know that? How many of you ever had Bibles before you were saved? They just kind of look good, you know? I'd throw it out on my TV, and you wouldn't believe what was going on in my apartment back then. And, and I had a Bible out there. Sometimes people come over and say, whose Bible is that? I'd say, I'd say it's mine. It's mine. But I tell you what, what made it effective is when I started looking into it, like that guy we read there, what he smoked, Leviticus? Was that what it was? <laughs> My goodness. But then he read John and he got saved. Hallelujah. You start acting on it, you start living it, you start applying it to your life, and it makes a difference. So in 2 Corinthians 4.13, Paul said this, he said, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it's written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. There is a spirit of faith. And you know, one person said it like this, he said, Principles of faith are taught, but a spirit of faith is caught. It'd be good for you to have your closest friends be people that have a spirit of faith. Hang around people that have a spirit of faith because I'm telling you what, it rubs off on you. Besides that, when, when you got close friends that have a spirit of faith, when you get in trouble, they're the people you want to go to. You don't want to go to people that are going to whine and complain and, you know, tell your sad story. But you want people that are going to pick you up and, and get you to Jesus. They're going to get you to the answer. You know, like the paralytic man that came to Jesus, you know, and he couldn't get in because of the press, you know, and, and, and the four guys, they carried him and they didn't stop because cause there was an obstacle. They got him up on the roof and they tore a hole in the roof and lowered him, up, lowered him down before Jesus. And the guy got healed. I'll tell you what, when I'm going through a hard time, I want people that are going to push through the, the press, push through the crowd, and they're going to get me before Jesus and get what I need Hallelujah. This room is full of people like that. It's full of people like that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Spirit of faith. So hallelujah. There's things that faith works in your heart and it's released through your mouth. Romans 10, 9 and 10. I just want to read this. And um, 
We're just kind of finding the place to go here. But it says this, that, that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it said you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I love that verse. That is just like a, a standard. And, you know, I've talked with people over the years. You know, I've been uh, witnessing to people, telling them about Jesus. And I've said, you know, do you believe in Jesus? You know, you know that's my, my standard line. I say, hey, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe he's the son of God? And do you believe he died and rose again? Every now and then, I'll find this, that people will say, well, part of me believes this and part of me doesn't. You know, have you ever heard that? Talking to people, they say, you say hey, do you believe Jesus died and rose again? He's the son of God. And they'll say, well... Part of me believes that, and part of me doesn't. I mean, I, I've heard that. And my answer to that is this. Well, is it the party that believes? Is it, would you say it's your heart? The man on the inside? And maybe the party that has trouble with it is maybe your head? And, you know, every single time they'll go, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And I always tell them this. Well, you're in good shape then. Because you don't need to believe it in your head. You need to believe it in your heart. It says, if you believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth, it says that, that you will be saved. Now, the word salvation there, some of you students know this already, but it's the Greek word sozo. And the word implies this, the meaning of the word. If you look it up in a Strong's Dictionary or a Vine's Dictionary, it says this, or even a good study Bible will tell you this, that the word means deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, and soundness. Did you get all that? See if I can say it again. Deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, and soundness. So here's how it works. You believe it in your heart. You say it with your mouth. You believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth. You know, you know I, just, I just keep forgetting things all the time. Seems like I can't remember things anymore like I used to. Well, no, here's a better thing to say. Say, I, I, I believe that the Spirit of God is living in me. I believe that I have, I, have, I have a sound mind, that I have clear thinking. I believe that in my heart, and I'm going to say it with my mouth. And you know what? That's the doorway to walk into the blessings of God. You all out there today? Yeah, that's good. Talking about, what, am I, what are you talking about, Pastor? Sometimes I wonder what you're talking about. Well, I'm talking about this. I'm talking about overcoming. Overcoming in life. Does anybody want to overcome in life? Yes. You know, there's two choices. You either overcome in life or you're overcome by life. You know, many people are overcome by, by circumstances and, and things that come. I, I tell you, they come to everybody. They come to everybody. You know, when it rains out, it rains on the just and the unjust. When it rains out, everybody gets wet. Okay? But what I'm telling you about is, is that this, when it rains out, I'm telling you about how to get it up an umbrella. What it's, I'm telling you about is that when the, the, the hard things in life come, God says this, that you've got the power to overcome. Yeah. And, and, and the first thing, and I've been doing this every week when we've been talking about this, is, is this, that, that you overcome by faith. You overcome by faith. We're going to go to James because that's where we've been taking this series from. And again, I, I love James. James is a pastor. James is the half-brother of Jesus. James tells things to people that are going to help them to rise up and apply the word to their life. You know, again, you know, it's great to have a Bible. It's great to have, you know, a couple different translations of the Bible. In fact, get a Bible that you understand when you read it, you know. If you get all tripped up in Elizabethan English, well, get yourself a Bible that talks the way you think and talk, you know. When I got saved, my grandmother, 
you know, who was like pushing 100 at the time. You know, I'm glad I got saved before she died and went to heaven because, you know, it was a, it was a joy to her. I know she prayed for me. She gave me a living Bible. And I dug that. You know, because as a new believer, I picked that thing up. You know, it was a paraphrase. I know all that. But, but you know what? I read it, and it, it helped me to read. It helped me. It helped, made sense to me. I'll tell you another thing. Have yourself a Bible that you can mark up. If it's so holy that you don't dare write in it, put it away. Put it on your nightstand or whatever. And get yourself a Bible you can write notes in. You know, write stuff in it. Highlight. You know, go, go to town, man. Get yourself a pack of highlighters. Draw things you like in there, cartoons, uh, whatever, no. But, you know, something stands out to you, you know, highlight it, underline it. You know, that used to be, and I haven't bought a new Bible in a while. I think that's the last Bible that I may have bought, possibly. But, or you bought it for me. But I've got electronic ones now. <laughs> and I can mark them up, too. You can highlight in, in electronic ones, too. But it used to be, I remember whenever I'd get a new Bible, I'd always flip to my favorite scriptures. You know, you know me, I'd go to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and I'd just take such joy, and I'd just underline it really nicely. I bet you could go in my library and find just about any Bible that I've used as a study Bible, and you'd find 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is underlined in it. Because I think, yeah, if anybody finds this 200 years from now, they're going to pick it up and they're going to go, ooh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creature, old things pass away, all things become new. Yeah, ooh. It's the way my silly mind will work, you know. But anyway, what are we talking about? Talking about the Bible probably, huh? James. And, you know, getting the Word in you, you know. For the Word to really be effective, man, it's got to get in you. For it to really be, be, you know, what it needs to be, you've got to apply it to your life. You know, don't freak out if you're going through a hard time right now. I mean, Christians, we're funny, you know. We think, oh, nobody else has hard times, you know. Everybody has hard times. Everybody has sickness knock on their door. You know, and there was, a, there was a wave back in, like in the early 80s, I remember, you know, and I was, I was involved with uh, a few different Word of Faith churches in Minneapolis. And I remember this kind of wave went through where, where man, people were afraid to come to church if they had a, a symptom of a cold or something because they thought, man, if I, if I cough or something in church, people think I'm not spiritual. And I remember Jim Caseman. Anybody know who Jim Caseman is? Anyway, he's a, he's a great man of God. And I remember he came and he did a series of messages in several of the churches that I was involved with at the time. And, and he, just, he just got up there and laid it out there, man, and said, come on. The Bible is not some fragile thing. Your faith is not some fragile thing. Your faith is strong and it'll endure. And I'm telling you what, that's what this is for, to apply it to your life, you know? If you're a Christian and you're, you're born again and spirit-filled and all that, that doesn't mean that you're exempt from the, the harassments of the enemy. What it does mean is that you've got something, you've got a standard to raise up when them things come that, that you don't have to deal with them like, like some unsaved person would. You can, you can use this. You can use the Word of God. You can use your faith and you can overcome Hallelujah. Glory to God. Good preaching, Pastor. Yeah, okay, thanks. All right, so here's a couple things we've talked about. We've talked about, you know, in James chapter 1, and he, he's applying this, this word to the people there. He says, and basically in my words, James is saying this. Listen, guys, I know you're facing trials. I know you're facing tests and temptations. Were there, those people in that day facing them? Absolutely. I mean, back then is when they were throwing people to the lions. They were burning them at the stake. They were stoning them, okay? 
and, and, and probably people in the church knew people that had been, been martyred for their faith. And these were tough times. I'm telling you what, faith will work in tough times. James said this, you know, he said, man, guys, keep, keep, an, keep an eye on your joy because joy is a power, it's a force that will help you to overcome. Joy is like a gauge in your life that helps let you know that, my goodness, I'm looking at the answer, I'm not looking at the problem. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean you don't ignore the problem, but it means you look beyond it. The other thing that James said we've talked about is wisdom. Ask for wisdom. You know, as you're going through life, I'm telling you what, we need to ask. We Thank God the Word will get you through. And being led by the Spirit, I tell you, the two are a powerful combination. And as you're walking through life, you know, don't get just all robotic about it and say, oh, this is how I do it. This is how I apply the Word. No, I'm telling you what, it's constantly calling on God saying, how do I apply this Word? How do I walk this stuff out? Give me the wisdom I need to rise up in this situation. Because I tell you, God's creative. And he doesn't always do it the same way. I remember one time when Dane and I were first came back from Haiti as missionaries. And, you know, we basically, I won't, this isn't a sad story. This is a victory story. But we basically left everything behind when we came back from Haiti. You know, we had a motorcycle. We had some furniture and stuff down there that we'd accumulated. I'd stored up and had a nice desk and everything and place to live. Had a vehicle. And we just left that stuff down there. You don't, you don't bring that stuff back. You know, you don't put it on, you don't bring it on the plane. Good night. Are you kidding? Cost more to bring that on a plane than it would to buy five new ones. So we just left it down there, and 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 we came up, and 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 God just miraculously met our needs. And I remember one of the first things is we were believing for some furniture, and and in fact, in fact, we had a wish list. We'd wrote out a wish list as a, as a young married couple, and and of things that were just like pie in the sky dreams. I remember on our wish list, we, we, we just thought, this is so incredible. This is like the Jetsons or something, you know. But uh, uh, Dana, let's believe we'll have a computer someday in our house. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, you know, I mean, things change. But, but my goodness, I remember we just had this wish list. And, and I remember believing for furniture. You know what? We were believing for furniture, and we believed we received it, did our little dance, our little jig, way before we ever saw furniture. But we'd go out looking at furniture, and we knew exactly what we wanted before we ever had the ability to get it. You know, and, you know, whatever. I had the pictures on the, the refrigerator and stuff. And I remember Dana called me up at work one day. And, and uh, I frustrate her sometimes. But she called me. You can't believe that, Harley. I know, but it's true. I do sometimes. And I call, she called me up at work one day and says, Paul, you'll never guess what happened. And I said, what? She goes, well, we got a, a letter in the mail today from somebody that, you know, was just out of the blue. And in there was a check, a cashier's check. As soon as she said cashier's check, I knew it was good. Because you don't get a cashier's check for anything that, that isn't a, a good. $3,000. Somebody just sent us out of the blue. We weren't really even pastors at the time. And, and, and you, huh? It was in the 80s. You know what 3000 bucks was like in the 80s? It was like a room full of furniture. <laughs> But you know what? And that maybe happened one or two other times. I remember, you know, kind of like that. But, but it doesn't happen like that every time. You could, you could get to thinking like any time you're in a jam, you go look in the mailbox. Flags down, let's go check. God will fool you. It won't happen that way. It'll, it'll, come, it'll come about some other way. You know, he, he's so creative. It'll come ways you never imagined. You know, I might have told this before, but I remember when at the church we were with in, in Minneapolis, in Hopkins, 
you know, one, one time, you know, we were, we were, you know, suburb and everything, but you, you, you'd have some characters come in there, you know, sometimes. And, and you know what I mean by character? Uh, I don't mean cartoon characters. I mean, you'd get some people in there, that sometimes they look rough, okay? And, and I remember um, this guy came in. He didn't seem like he was of any harm or anything, but, boy, I didn't know him. And, and so I just kind of kept an eye on, on he was talking to, to our... our it was during the war. It was Monday through Friday, you know. It wasn't on a Sunday. It was like Tuesday or something. And uh, our, our little secretary was out there, and 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 uh, this guy came in, and I thought, hmm, who is that? So I just kept a, a, a you know a, an eye on it the whole time to make sure everything was cool. Well, you know, they seemed like they're kind of smiling, and talking, and was happy and everything. And and this guy left, and so I, I kind of walked right over to her, you know. I said, so, so what was that, you know? And and uh, you know how that is. And, and, and uh, she goes, well, this guy just says, you know, that, that he's on the road a lot and he doesn't really have a church. So he'd been saving up his tithes and offerings. And, and he said I, he didn't know where to bring them, but he knew about us, you know. So he, he, he brought in this, it was like a grocery bag, brown grocery bag, you know, full of money. It's all cash. I said, you're kidding. So, you know, I called up. I actually I called Pamela. She was upstairs in her office. I said, Pamela, come down here. Somebody, somebody just brought us a grocery bag of some, some stuff here. And, oh, oh, you know, what'd you bring? You know, she comes down. We went back and counted. It was like, do like, you remember how much it was? It was thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. You know what? I don't care how God does it. I don't care if a dog comes up with a pile of money and brings it to me, you know? That's all right with me. So anyway, what did it, was I talking about? I said, you know, you've got to ask God for wisdom. When you're facing things in life, it isn't always money either, you know. There's just, you know, there's, there's a lot of variables, but, but whatever it is, ask God for help. Sometimes you're having trouble on the job. Sometimes you're having trouble in your family. Ask Him for the plan. The next thing James talked about was being single-minded. Keeping your mind on the Word. The trouble we have sometimes is we hear the Word preached... And we'll get excited about it. But then we go out there and we forget all about the word and we, we get engrossed with the problem. James said, hey, if you're going to have victory, if you're going to see this word work in your situations of life, he says one of the other principles you need to keep before you is keep your mind single. That means like, you know, put the blinders on. It means, it means like focus on the answer. Yeah. Hallelujah. Then we talked a little bit about this too is persevering persevering. I have a whole new one to get to, and I got, I got the time to do it today, too. Praise the Lord. Persevering. Well, you know, there's a lot of things that can be said about persevering, but the way that I came at it is, 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 uh, is this, that you need to persevere in your tongue. You need to keep your tongue steady on the Bible. For faith to work, for overcoming faith to work in your life, you got to watch your tongue. You've got to make your tongue do its duty. You can't let your tongue wag. You can't let your tongue go with the situations of life. You can't spend all your time talking about your problems and expect answers. You've got to put your tongue on the answer. You've got to put your tongue on the word. You've got to hold steady to your confession of faith. Thinking of this too, I remember when Dana and I bought our first house. You know, and, and, and we, were, uh, we were not actually flowing in the dough, you know. Uh, 
and a good friend of ours was a, a real estate agent, so we had him come over and look at our situation. And frankly, the first time he came over, he just looked at it and said, you guys better pray. Because he, you know, he didn't even take us out to look at houses. Six months later, I think it was, we, we, we had some amazing changes. You know, it wasn't like we had a million dollars or anything. But, you know, some things had happened and changed. And it was to a point where we could at least go out and look. And I remember when he started taking us out looking at houses, the first time we went out, we came back, we were just depressed. Because the houses that he took us to that we could afford, you know, were like crack houses and <laughs> just not, not what I had envisioned. It wasn't my dream. So we got some scriptures, you know, and wrote them on a card. I wrote them down on a card. And so, you know, people that knew us knew we were looking for a house. And, you know, there's a danger sometimes. People can come up and try to hound you for information about the things you're going through. And if you're not careful, you can slip into, innocently slip into a place that isn't faith if you don't watch yourself. Now, don't get all robotic again or, you know, you know, I want to do that, you know. But, but this is what I did. I carried around a little scripture card and I, every time I got the chance, I'd pulled it out, you know, and I'd confess it. Now, again, I didn't get weird. I didn't walk through the grocery store, you know, confessing that thing. People looking at me like, stranger in aisle five, look out, you know. Gives a whole new meaning to the blue light special. But, but anyway, <laughs> when, I was, when I had the opportunity on my own, you know, and nobody's around usually, usually, I'd pull that card out and I'd just say it out loud. And I'd say, thank you, Lord. I believe your word is true. Your word is working mightily in my situation. I've done this in the area of healing. This particular time, I was doing it in the area of finances, though. And I, I, I'd say those scriptures, you know, I know one was Psalm 112, you know, and, and one was Mark 11, 23 and 24, and, and there were some others in there that God had spoken to me, and so I'd pull them out. But what I got to be doing is when people at church that I knew, I remember Pat Coughlin, he's a pastor now in Anoka. I remember Pat coming up to me at this one, was at a Deb and Jim's wedding rehearsal night dinner, and, and he says, Pat says, so Paul, how's the house hunting going? That's a nice question, isn't it? But you know what? I didn't want to go down a trail of, well, Pat, we can't afford nothing. Doesn't look like anything's going to ever work out. I'm telling you what, the stuff we've seen's made me depressed. And, you know, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> so I looked at Pat and I just pulled out my card. I says, this is how it's going, Pat. And I just read him the whole list of scriptures. Well, anyway, we did get a house, and it was God who was, you know, divinely intervened in our situation, and we, we got a house that was great, that we could fix up, and it worked great. Loved it. Had the peace of God in that place. But you've got to persevere. Here in, in James 3, I'm just going to read you this. James 3, verse 5. So I'm off of chapter 1, but I'm on chapter 3. I'm just going to read you this. It says, even so, James is talking, the tongue is a little member, but gets us in great trouble. It boasts great things. It says, behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. I'm telling you what, when you've had hell in your life, 
if the investigators came out and began to pull back the timbers that are going on in this situation and began examining things like, you know, people do. Some people are skilled at doing that. And they're trying to find the trace of how this fire began that's in your life. They'd pull it all back and they'd say, oh, words, bad words were spoken here. This is what James said. He said, every kind of beast and bird and serpent and things in the sea, they're tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It's, uh, it's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men which are made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brother, these things ought not be so. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree... Uh, fig trees. Anyway, my brethren bear olive berries and, and a vine figs. Uh, so, so can no fountain both yield salt and water and fresh water at the same time. So, you know, it's, he says one thing kind of could be sad in this verse. It says the tongue can no man tame. I want to just tell you this. It's true. In your own efforts, I'm telling you what, the tongue is just out of control, man. But I'll tell you this. The Holy Ghost can bring your tongue into subjection. If you'll start yielding to Him, start putting the word in your mouth and saying, Lord, help me with my tongue. Just get up every day and say, Lord, help me watch the words I say. I'll tell you what, He'll help you. He'll help you. You can't do it on your own. There's some things you can't do on your own. This thing James is addressing here. You know how that, that a fountain shouldn't be spurting out you know, salt water and fresh water. What's he talking about anyway? Salt water fountains, figs and fig newtons and whatever, you know. Um, who knows? James, what are you talking about? He's talking about your tongue. He's saying, man, don't have two confessions. Hold fast to your confession of faith. Hold fast to speaking the word over the things in your life. And again, Proverbs 16, 23. I won't turn there, but it says this. The heart of the wise will teach his mouth and add learning to his lips. Wise people... Wise people, not wise guys, but wise people, people that are walking with God, people that are going to rise above and be overcomers, they realize this, that there's some effort that needs to go on, and i got to teach my mouth. i got to pull on the help of God and, 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 and bring my tongue into captivity and make it speak things that are right. Thoughts come to everybody. Good thoughts, bad thoughts, they come to everybody. But I'm telling you what, every thought that comes in your head does not need to be spoken by your mouth. Okay? Learn to choose wisely. Learn to choose what you're going to release, you know, through your lips. All right, we're going to move on to the, the next principle. That was all review. Here's the message for today. <laughs> Don't get nervous. I'll let you out of here quick. Um, sometimes you go over a review. There's just different things that, that, you, that God wants to highlight. So, hey. We're not in any kind of a race here. We've got to send down five points in a service. We'll just go where God leads us to. Amen? All right. So number five, get this one. When you're going through trials and tests, temptations, you know, bad things are happening, here's, here's a key to victory, a principle of victory. Principle number five, when these things are going on in your life, don't blame God. Don't blame God. I'm telling you, I've seen it happen. People have bad things happen. And, and, and instead of teaming up with God and going through this thing 
And sometimes it's not easy on your flesh to go through these things. It's easier to lay down and whine. I know. Ask Dana. <laughs> She's had to say, come on, Paul, get up. Do the word. She doesn't really kick me. But she has had to say, what do you believe in? What do you? This is a famous Dana line. She'll come up to me and she'll say, she'll see I'm going through a rough moment. And she'll say, Paul, what scripture are you believing? <laughs> say, I get it. I get it. Time to do the word. All right, so James said this in uh, chapter 1, verse 13. This is amazing. Check this one out. It says, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and neither does God tempt any man. Did you get that? Is that amazing? Did you know that was in the Bible? Sure, there it is. James 1.13 even in the King James Version. He says, Let no man say when he's tempted that I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. I'm telling you something here today. The things that go on in your life, they're not the will of God, the, the bad things that are going on. We're living in a fallen world. This world is not God's ideal for how mankind was supposed to live. There are things that are going on here today, even in our lives, that aren't God working them. When you're going through a rough time, what would be a rough time? I'd say sickness is rough, would you? Do you think, do you think sickness is from God or the devil? Well, how do you know? Well, is sickness from God or is it from the devil? I, 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 have you ever thought about heaven? You guys ever think about it? I think about heaven. I think about heaven, you know. And I know people there. And, and it's a real place, you know. And, and uh, I've never once thought about heaven and thought about sick people being there. You know what? There is no sickness in heaven. God is not the author of sickness. When, when you're going through rough times in life, God's not trying to teach you something by throwing catastrophes in your way. If you had a parent that did that, you know, an earthly parent that, that said, well, I'm going to just teach Susie a lesson. I'm just going to break her leg. That'll teach her. You know what they would do to an earthly parent? They'd put them in jail. Rightly so. If God did half the things that people blame him for, you know, he'd, they'd be on the lookout for him. They'd, want to, they'd be most wanted. But that's not who God is. You know, I'd rather have someone say, God can't heal me, than to say he won't heal me. Because can't would be attacking his ability, but saying that he won't heal someone is attacking his character. Oh. Pastor, wow, it's the truth. John 10.10. 10. So why are you talking about this? Why did James talk about it? Because, you know, when you're going through the battles of life, you know, this is just the principle of victory. Know whose side you're on. Yeah. And know whose side, who's, who's on your team. You know that? 
Jerry, we, we used to play paintball at the church. Not in the church, but how many remember that, some of them paintball games we had? I think the last time we beat that church, they never wanted to play us again. <laughs> we beat them like three games in a row really quick, and I was like, it's over, it's done. <laughs> I could tell you a few stories. What's that? They never invited us back. They never invited us back. <laughs> We got some competitive guys in this church. <laughs> Wasn't my skills, I tell you, but uh, they protected me. <laughs> if you're playing paintball, you know what? It's essential that you know who your team members are. Because if you don't know who your team members are, I tell you, what, you'll get shot. You know, or you'll shoot the wrong guy. As you're going through life, you need to know this: God is not your problem. He is not the one that's, you know, causing these bad things to come into your life. He is on your side, and he wants, he wants to see you overcome the things that you're facing. Hallelujah. I'm going to read you this one scripture. I've got a bunch of stuff here, but it'll wait. We'll get to it next week. This is all good. This is, this is just a scripture, man, that, that just, just peels back the, the veil again. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus talking. He said this. He said, this is how it is, guys. It is the thief. The thief. Who do you think the thief is? Does anybody have a guess? Who, do you think God is the thief? Is Jesus saying, guys, you need to know this, that God is a thief? No, he isn't saying that at all. But he's saying this. He says, the thief, he's coming for one thing. He's coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Yeah. So the devil, okay, if there's things that are going on in your life, this would just be basic. If there's things you're facing in life that are in this category, something's stealing from you, something's killing you, something's trying to destroy you, let me just tell you this, that is not God. That is the devil. Now, it may not be the devil. You know, he isn't there in a red suit and a pitchfork or whatever. But I'll tell you, it's the forces of darkness that are coming against you. The devil's behind it. If it's there to bless you, if it's there to cause life, if it's there to cause goodness, I'm telling you what, that's God. Can I, can I cheat? Can I, I, I don't want to lie or anything, but I'm going to read you one more verse. James 1.17. Just in the same thought here, James is sharing. And in verse 17, he says this. Actually, 16. He says, do not err, my beloved brethren. You know, there's a possibility to err in life. You can hear these things preached. You can hear it in the word. But when you get out there into the, you know, the, the thick of life, your mind can do squirrely things. It can think wrong thoughts. James says this, do not err. My beloved brethren, he said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. That's what James said about God. He said, every good and every perfect gift, is, it comes from him. And it says this, he doesn't change one bit. He doesn't get ticked off one day. He doesn't wake up grumpy. 
says there's no changing, no shadow of turning. Every good thing in your life, it comes from God. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to just stop here today. So principle number five of, of walking in victory is don't blame God for the challenges that you're facing. Don't blame Him. Realize He's, he's for you. Paul, Paul had a revelation of it. He said this one time. He said, man, if God is for me, who could be against me? He had some things to overcome. But he said, wow, if God's on my side, man, the game is won. Do you ever go into a game and you look at the team you're on and you look at the team that's against you and you say, man, hasn't even started, but we've won. You know? Remember in school, man, there was just certain people if you had on your team. You know, man, I tell you, it was a victory. You know, those ones that always got picked first. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We got the winning team. The winning team. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.